Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. Celeste, have you ever wished you could skip the hassle of finding a parking spot at the airport? Oh, absolutely, James. Parking at the airport can be a nightmare. And don't get me started on... Exactly. Well, Waymo One riders in Phoenix might have a solution. They can now get picked up or dropped off by the company's robo-taxis right at the airport curb. Wait, are you talking about the autonomous vehicles? That's a big leap from their previous service, which was to an airport shuttle stop, right? Right? Yes, indeed. It's a whole new challenge for Waymo, navigating the busy terminal curbs. But for now, they're starting slow, with limited hours from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., and only at terminals 3 and 4. It's a way to safely deploy and learn. That's sensible. But how has the response been to their airport service so far? Well, according to Waymo, they have completed tens of thousands of airport trips to date and are serving over a thousand rides each week. Their average trip rating, about 4.7 out of 5 stars. That's impressive. But I'm curious, who gets to use this new service? Is it open to all Waymo riders or...? Not quite. The new service will only be available to a select cohort of active riders in Phoenix, as Chris Bonelli, product communications manager at Waymo, told TechCrunch. But they do plan to open these pickup locations to all riders and expand to 24-7 service in the coming months. So it's like a trial run. And what about the airport's take on this? Are they on board with the idea? Absolutely. Chad Makovsky, aviation director at Sky Harbor Airport, said they're excited to expand this innovative service to their terminal curbs. They've developed confidence in the technology through their partnership with Waymo. It's fascinating to see how autonomous vehicles are changing the way we travel. I can't wait to see how this plays out. Indeed, Celeste, the future of travel is here and it's driverless. Speaking of technological advancements, let's shift gears from autonomous vehicles to artificial intelligence. Imagine a world where AI is not just smarter than humans, but also controlled by us. Well, there's a team at OpenAI that's working on just that. Let's dive into it. So in the midst of all the drama around Sam Altman's exit and return to OpenAI, there's this team, the super alignment team, that's been quietly working on how to control AI that's smarter than humans. Can you imagine that, Celeste? Well, it's certainly a fascinating concept, James. So they're trying to align with super-intelligent AI systems, which are theoretically much more intelligent than humans. How do they plan to... Well, it's still a bit of a mystery, even to them, it seems. They've got this team, led by OpenAI co-founder and chief scientist Ilya Sutskever, working on it. And it's not without its controversy. Controversy? How so? There's quite a bit of debate around the whole idea of super-intelligence. Some argue it's too early to be worrying about it. Others say it's a distraction from more pressing issues like algorithmic bias and AI's tendency toward toxicity. And then there's the question of whether superintelligence is even possible. That's a fair point, but it seems like Sutskever and his team are pretty committed to this cause. They're even using a significant chunk of OpenAI's compute for their research, right? Yes, about 20% of their existing computer chips. And they're not just theorizing, they're trying to build actual governance and control frameworks for these future AI systems. They're using a weaker AI model to guide a more advanced one, trying to... Wait, so they're using AI to control AI? That's kind of like the blind leading the blind, isn't it? 
It does seem a bit paradoxical, but they believe it's a viable way to test superalignment hypotheses. The weaker model stands in for human supervisors, while the stronger model represents superintelligent AI. It's like a sixth-grade student trying to supervise a college student, according to Ismailov. That's an interesting analogy. But it's not just about supervising AI, right? They're also trying to ensure that AI follows instructions and doesn't make stuff up, correct? Exactly. They're trying to get a model to follow instructions, determine if the code it generated is safe, and other tasks. They're even hoping to reduce AI hallucinations, where the AI spouts off things that aren't true or that it doesn't know about. And they're also crowdsourcing ideas, I hear. OpenAI is launching a $10 million grant program to support research on superintelligent alignment. Yes, they're really trying to get the community involved. They're even planning to host an academic conference on superalignment in 2025. But there's a bit of controversy there too, as some of the funding for the grant is coming from former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, who has a vested interest in AI. That does raise some eyebrows, but at the end of the day, it's all about ensuring that AI is aligned with human values and is used responsibly for public benefit, right? That's the idea. The super alignment team is committed to sharing their research and code publicly, and they're encouraging others to do the same. It's all about building AI that benefits all of humanity safely. While we grapple with the complexities of superintelligent AI, let's shift gears and talk about another exciting field of technology, robotics. Known for their viral videos of dancing robots, a certain company is making waves with a new venture. Let's dive into the world of Boston Dynamics and their latest collaboration. So you know Boston Dynamics, right? The guys with the crazy robot videos? Oh, the ones with the dancing robots? Yeah, they're always a hit at parties. But I heard they're moving beyond just entertaining online viewers. Exactly. They've inked a deal with Neon, an entertainment brand based in Singapore. Now, Neon is the parent company of Animax Designs, who have worked on some blockbuster franchises like Avatar, Jurassic Park, Marvel, and Harry Potter. So are we talking about theme park robots here, or something else? Well, the specifics are still under wraps, but they've promised a reveal at the end of 2024 that's set to engage, inspire, and dazzle audiences. Given Animax's history, we could be looking at... Robots in theme parks? Imagine a T-Rex from Jurassic Park coming to life. Exactly. And Boston Dynamics brings to the table their expertise in creating robust, untethered, autonomous systems. Theme park robots have been evolving, like the ones at Disneyland's Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that interact with visitors. So, it's not just about the robots being part of the show, but actually interacting with the audience. That's a game-changer. Absolutely. Boston Dynamics' chief strategy officer, Mark Thierman, expressed excitement about the collaboration. He highlighted the blend of Boston Dynamics' cutting-edge technology with Neon's immersive storytelling expertise. It's interesting to see Boston Dynamics branching out like this. They started with the spot quadruped, and the truck unloading robot stretch, and now they're stepping into entertainment. Well, it's not entirely new territory for them. Fun fact, they actually made robots for the set of the 1993 film, Rising Sun. So in a way, they're returning to their roots. Really? That's a neat tidbit. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they come up with in 2024. From the world of robotics and entertainment, let's shift gears to the bustling realm of venture capital. 
Despite economic uncertainties, it seems there's a wave of optimism sweeping through this sector. Let's dive into what's stirring the pot. Celeste, it seems like there's a bit of a celebration going on in the venture capital world. A number of firms just announced new funds, including Artist Ventures, Box Group, Playground Global, and Singular, to name a few. Wait, amidst all the layoffs and economic uncertainty, that's surprising. What's driving this? Well, a few factors. First, institutional investors are still interested in venture capital as an asset class. They see 2024 as a good time to invest in startups and are eager to maintain relationships with venture firms that have delivered in the past. So they're banking on a more rational valuation of startups in 2024? Exactly, Celeste. In fact, falling valuations might actually be attracting institutional backers. They might have overpaid for deals in the past due to a frothy market, but now they can get better deals on talented teams. As Steph Chu, a partner at the venture firm Portage, said, now is the time to deploy. But, but James, isn't it still a tough fundraising environment out there? Yes, you're right. But Chu believes that what we're seeing is the result of continued interest in funds with strong track records and distributions to paid-in capital. Kareem Golani, general partner at Luge Capital, shares the same sentiment. He said that limited partners will continue to back the fund managers they believe can not only select those companies consistently, but can get into those deals when they're competitive. And they're looking at the long game, right? Venture funds typically invest across a 10-year period. Absolutely. Jelani pointed out that the flurry of new fund announcements doesn't necessarily mean that 2024 is going to be a prosperous year. The bet is that the venture industry, which is cyclical, will bounce back sooner rather than later. Well, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. The venture capital world certainly keeps us on our toes, 